We're going to talk to you. You are the initiate. You are the cause we be. I found out that I was actually getting a two inch by two inch brand with a color as a man. We no longer under the laws of Moses. The world that can cut with violence and the violence shall take it by force. Coffee. And cults. <sighs> Hi, John. Hi, Sam. Hi, listeners and viewers again. And welcome to Coffee and Cults, where a few times a pandemic we meet, drink uh, coffee or other beverages, and talk cults and fringe religious groups from around the world. Please be aware this podcast may not be suitable for all listeners, as uh, it will contain strong language, I've got no doubt. Um, and then we've got some content warnings today, John, because uh, I okay. researched the one, so of course it's deeply sad. Uh, it is, uh, content uh, warning for bleakness, listeners. Uh, it's it's not bleak it's um it's batshit uh and also uh warnings for child cruelty and racism always always with you Sam. always uh yeah there's not there's not a nice way around it they're cruel to children um so the <laughs> uh we hope you enjoyed the uh recent bonus content we've been putting out um, so there is some more of that on our Patreon, and as you heard me say at the beginning, uh, this is also going out to viewers. If you would like to view us recording this podcast, which just some very close-up uh, shots of our faces, but not the tops of our heads. Uh, <laughs> John is now coming closer to the camera. Very nice, John. Uh, you can join us on Patreon, patreon.com slash coffeeandcults. Um, if you would like to uh, sponsor us, you can do that for as little as a dollar a month. Um, and then you get to see lots of bonus content too. If you'd like to just buy us a one-off uh, donation, you can do that over there at uh, coffee, ko-fi.com forward slash uh, coffee and cults and buy us a coffee to drink and sup uh, while recording uh, here in our socially distanced uh, lives. Uh, I realise I'm now dating this podcast by mentioning that, Sam, but it seems. But it's, it's relevant. It's what's going on. Um, so if listening from uh, any later than kind of April 2020, we're still in uh, the COVID-19 uh, shelter-in-place order. Uh, if you would like to get in touch with us during this uh, strange time, as lots of you have, and we really, really enjoy it, uh, email us at coffeeandcults at gmail.com or go on social media. We're there, uh, Instagram, Facebook and Twitter at Coffee and Cults. And um, we reply to you. We yeah. like speaking to you. Thanks so much, everybody who's got in touch. It's been really lovely to speak to you and see how you're doing uh, during this strange time. It's been great. Thank you. So, you okay. are you ready, John? Let's oh. get culty, Sam. Yeah, we would. Uh, I was trying to work out a song earlier, but I can't. I can't get there. Uh, if culty with it. Na 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 na. Well, that's it. Thanks, John. Uh, so, the group we're going to be uh, talking about today are called the 12 tribes nice uh they uh so it could be a, it could run into a two-parter i'm not sure uh we'll see how the time is going um but so we'll the, find out as we do listener whether this is going to be one episode or two how tired we get by the end of this first bit will depend on whether we record the next bit another day yay um so the first part at least the first part of the episode, if not the first part of this two-part thing, um, is going to be about the beginnings of the group, the beliefs, and then a little bit of the controversy Great. about them. 
and then part two will be a bit more businessy and a bit more recent as well okay cool uh, so john cast your mind back and then back further before you existed to 1972 okay oh what you can't year? cast your mind back to 1972 because you weren't there uh no no unless i've been reincarnated in which case maybe i um was living a past life as somebody wearing flares likely very likely and and decorating their kitchen in browns and oranges and yellows uh, and what uh, else happened in the 70s i don't know um plastic uh cord cord i don't know whatever whatever i was doing at that time there we go. So that was your reincarnation. Um, we, we are in uh, Chattanooga, Tennessee, which is a really, really fun couple of words to type because there's so many double letters. Isn't there a song about Chattanooga? I'm sure there is. Pardon me, sir. Is that the Chattanooga choo-choo? Yep. I'm sorry to sing so early in the episode, listener. I've got cabin <laughs> fever. I should have done a content warning at the top. <laughs> um, <laughs> no one will what? ever listen again if they know I'm going to sing. Oh no, don't say that. We will love it. You know it. Um, so this is couple, uh, Elbert Eugene Spriggs and Marsha Spriggs. Marsha is his fourth wife. Oh, you filthy Ooh. little Sprig. And I've got a picture of them. I'm going to hold up to my... Uh, can you see that? How clear is that? Oh, lovely. He looks like a Steve Irwin tribute act. <laughs> and she looks like she should be tending a vineyard in Star Trek The Next Generation. <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah, absolutely. That's right. Yeah. So if listeners, if you, uh, if you don't want to go over to our Instagram to have a look for those pictures, that's the correct uh, description. Just picture that. Yeah, exactly. Um, so they... Uh, they were a married couple. They led a, a a Bible study group for young people, so not children, not like so like young adults. Okay, a teen um, Bible study group. A teen, a teen and twenty early twenties uh, Bible study group. Lovely, um, and that group was called the Light Brigade. Oh, mm. but oh no, oh no. Of the Light Brigade. Yeah. yeah, historically poor. That's, that's Is that that poem? Cannons to the left of me, cannons to the right of me, cannon in front of me. That's not a conducive environment in which to study the Bible, Sam. Well, maybe it puts that little bit of fear in you to make you learn the Bible. Wow, you think they'd have checked that and not named it after um, a military squadron who famously were murdered in a valley in epic numbers. Yes, luckily that does not happen to this Bible group. <laughs> Oh, I'm sorry. Listeners, I just made John almost to squirt the beer out of his nose. So. Spoiler alert. Yeah. If you um, never yeah. hear this, this, uh, this episode, listeners, it's because Sam has said something so funny that I have been forced to uh, spit beer all over my computer. And it oh, no! <laughs> it could happen. I'm very funny. <laughs> <laughs> it's the risk we're going to have to take now in this new age. Uh, so, uh, Gene, aside from working as a, a Steve Irwin tribute uh, performer, um, he had also worked as a carnival showman. Oh, okay, like a like a barker kind of. Yeah, I, I guess so. Yeah. Cool. Um, and also as a high school guidance counselor. Oh no, John! 
I mean no disrespect, well, but if I were a high schooler, I would not be seeking my guidance from someone who's working as a carnival barker necessarily. Perhaps not at the same time. No. Um, so their, their youth group, their Bible study group got super popular. Loads of kids liked going there. It became like a little hub for their... You know what, what kids love? The Bible. In, some of them do. And some of them like fun. Um, Jean and Marsha, so they decided to open a little coffee shop because they had a little community that liked to gather there. So That's they good. thought, oh, we will open the lighthouse. Oh, the name of nice. the just out of their home. Um, and the the light brigade kept visiting. Sorry to call them that, but that's what they're called. <laughs> um, as a sidebar, Sam, do you think we yeah. should open a coffee and cults themed coffee shop? No. Oh. <laughs> Running a cafe is a lot of work. I don't want to do it. Okay. But think you how cool it would it. be. Come and visit. <laughs> and I would decorate it. There used to be, I don't think it exists now, a themed cafe in the city in which we live, listeners. Um, that was sort of um, uh, like cult sci-fi sort of themed. And early on, bless them, when it opened, uh, in order to decorate it, basically they just like taped some action figures to the wall. <laughs> it was very sweet, but it was very obviously some kid's toy box that had yeah, like yeah. nothing was tied together. Aww. It was lovely. Anyway, sorry. Uh, sorry, Sam. Uh, the, the Lighthouse Cafe. I'm, I'm with you. There we go. Yeah. Um, so the Light Brigade were going there so often uh, that they just all decided to move in. So here we have our first commune. Oh, lovely. That just, that just makes good practical sense. I mean, yeah, save on petrol, uh, two rents, you know. Um, so they're all living communally in this, uh, this cafe. The cafe's really popular. Uh, they get good reputation for like nice staff, good food, uh, not too pushy about their, uh, all the Bible stuff. Oh, I see, yeah. Nice. And so with the success of that, they decide to, as more people start coming and more people start coming regularly, more people want to move in there. They can't, there's only enough room for the certain number of people. Um, and so they open two more restaurants. So they open a restaurant called the Yellow Deli and another kind of restaurant slash deli slash coffee shop thing called Mate Factor, which sold an imported yerba beverage. Isn't that a makeup brand? I expect it will. Be, yeah, it's like a mixture of two, isn't it? I like it. Uh, I'm wearing Mate Factor. <laughs> um, what so, was that weird drink you mentioned? What? what uh, Yerba. Y-E-R-B-A. Uh, I did not find anything else about it. I'm going to quickly Google it. Yerba. Yerba Mate is an infusion. I am reading from Wikipedia. Uh, uh, oh, it just says it is a drink. <laughs> Thanks, Wikipedia. Wow. I was just wondering if we should rename ourselves Yerba and Cults. That's all I was wondering. So. It's made in a gourd. You know how you love I mean, gourd? Anything made in a gourd <laughs> is gourd by me. Oh, no. <laughs> um, so this group, uh, they had to attribute themselves to a church uh, for it to be sort of legitimate in terms of Bible study. Okay. Um, so they... They kind of shopped around, like we see a lot of these groups do, to see which kind of which sort of church they like the most. 
and they chose the first Presbyterian church. So quite uh, like old fashioned sort of all about getting back to how church should be according yeah. to various yeah. Bible verses, etc. Um, in 1975, the group went to go for the service at the church, uh, but as they got to the church, they discovered that the service was cancelled because it was the Super Bowl. So, oh. yeah. uh, service not on that day, uh, priest wanted to watch the Super Bowl, cool, uh, let's just talk to God another day, he's still there, uh, but no, so instead of just waiting and like going and speaking to the priest, they decided to form an, their own church. <laughs> wow. So they formed uh, the Vine Christian Community Church. How do you go about, is that, do you just fill out a form, do we think? Do you just... Yeah, I guess so. You declare yourself as a church to a company's house. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know how it works. Uh, and then house. Uh, rent a village hall and go from there. <laughs> Fab. So this group started to um, attract more attention. They picked up followers left, right and centre, people all attracted to this kind of young vibe, this uh, like cool hanging out in restaurants, um, all the food was nice, like I said, and like good food would make me go back somewhere. <laughs> no matter what the religious uh, connotations, great. So they were doing so well in uh, Chattanooga, Tennessee. I'm gonna say that in full each time because I like it. Tennessee. Um, and so then members kind of splintered off and opened Yellow Delis and a Vine Christian Community Church in Dalton and Trenton, Georgia, Mentone, Alabama and Dayton, Tennessee. So they oh, opened wow. So they really spread and grew quite quickly then in that. Yeah. Opened a bunch of branches. Um, they held services. They appointed elders. They baptized as many people as they could. <laughs> I'm now just picturing them like out on the street chucking water at people. <laughs> <laughs> just gotcha. like walking beside someone, dunk them in a pool. <laughs> um, so this sort of spread in that like late 70s sort of period. We know what else is going on cult-wise in the world. You've got Jonestown happening, all that sort of... Uh, horrible stuff going on anti-cult groups are a big deal in the late 70s so anti-cult groups look at this group and go oh we're gonna watch them yeah um so uh, ted patrick who we've heard of he's a, a cult deprogrammer um who i really want to do an episode on at some point because he's super super interesting yeah, yeah. Uh, his, his job is to basically steal people out of cults and to re uh, like unbrainwash them basically yeah. Oh, it's so um, interesting, isn't it? Because it's got all sorts of, you know, we've spoken about a few sort of people tasked with that job. Uh, yeah. Even I think way, way back in, um, I think it's when we talked about the the abode of love. The abode of love. Still our least listened to episode. Check it out, oh, listeners. Our abode uh, of love. Um, but I think in in that story, there was like someone who set themselves up as like a kidnapper yeah. and deprogrammer to go back in. Um which is great, but also has all kinds of weird, like ethical, if people think that they've made the choice to be in there, it's kind of, yes. kind of iffy, right? Yeah. Uh, so Ted Patrick was involved in, well, in that, in the sense that you were talking about a fairly iffy way, um, because in 1980, a, a police officer arranged to have his daughter 
arrested um, on a false warrant <gasps> so that he could then be uh, deprogrammed by Ted Patrick. Ooh, that is an abuse of power. How exciting. Yeah. Um, so 1978, uh, Jean Spriggs is invited to minister at a church in Island Pond, Vermont. He declined. One, he was one of their churches or at somebody else's church? Uh, someone else's church. Okay. Um, and so he was like, no, I don't want to do that. And then thought, oh, there's a small town. The small town needs a minister. So the group moved there. Uh, <laughs> they just go, oh, their church is without a leader. We'll go. Um, it's so bizarre. I don't, like, this is the case with Jonestown. This is sort of the case with, I guess, in a way, with Heaven's Gate stuff um, and with some of the other groups that we've looked at. Were there just a lot of churches, like, really regularly changing hands like this at the time? It feels like there's lots of, we've had lots of these stories of people just... Yeah, this church needs somebody. Well, I don't yeah, know. Rocking up he, to take churches over. It's bizarre. I'm I'm not close enough to my local uh, church environment to know that if they regularly change priests. Don't know. Maybe they do. Um, so the group move in. They move in small stages, um, but instead of uh, bringing the vine community, that thing. Um, they decide to open the Northeast Kingdom Community Church Ooh. in Ireland, Vermont. Yeah. Uh, they gradually close down all their other churches and yellow delis and everything and move the entire church to Island Pond, Vermont. So some people in the, in the, in the church decided to leave at this point yeah. um, because they were like, well, I don't want to move to a little tiny town in a little tiny state. I want, I, uh, they didn't want the uh, economic uncertainty. Um, they also didn't like the attention from all the anti-cult groups that was happening. So they were a bit like, oh, if those guys hate it, then perhaps this isn't the right thing. Um, and there was a particular group called the Citizens Freedom Foundation who were based, I think, near Vermont or in Vermont or locally. Yes, you've heard of them before. John was doing a thing in place. Weren't they particularly founded by Jonestown's families is what I was thinking. Yeah. Uh, there was the concerned relatives. Oh yeah. Uh, but yes, so they were another another one of those groups, um, and they started conducting meetings in the next town over from Island Pond to be like, "Hey, everyone local, these guys are bad." Yeah. I, um, yeah cool. They started making allegations about mind control and child abuse happening in this church. Mm, okay. So to get more people, the church were recruiting at peace rallies, at rock concerts. They were following the Grateful Dead and fish tours, going around, <laughs> yeah, going around and uh, collecting up people in the same way that a lot of these other groups that we've heard of do. So going to one of those concerts must have been like a crapshoot. Like, oh, get away from that guy. He's trying to take me to Jonestown. Oh, no, another one. <laughs> no, I don't want to hear about your UFO religion. No. <laughs> You know, it's annoying enough getting leaflets in the street, right? But especially when they're... Yeah. Although if it was you and I, Sam, obviously we would be coming away with huge piles of paper to... Oh, yes. <laughs> yeah. And comparing leaflets on the way away. Keeping them and not binning them, like I'm sure they see a lot of people. <laughs> um, 
and uh, later, so they keep they keep this um, recruitment up. As I kind of alluded to earlier, there is some more recent stuff about this group. Uh, so just in in the same uh, music festival vein, um, if you were at Glastonbury Festival in the year two thousand, you might have gone to the Common Ground Cafe, which was a twenty four hour cafe that was during the festival. That was run by these guys. Oh wow! Okay. Yeah. So we will uh, scootle forward a little bit. That is the correct word. Uh, to scootle away, Sam. Scootle away. Thank you. Um, so 1983, a man called Charles Eddie. His nickname was Eddie, even though his name was Charles. Oh, uh, that's annoying already. Yeah. Uh, and his surname is Wiseman, which is also annoying. <laughs> oh, yeah, we, we hate him already. So... Uh, Wiseman is a member of the church. In 1983, some charges are brought against him um, on, for child abuse and for fraud. Um, and this formed the basis for a search warrant for the police. Okay. On June the 22nd, 1984, 112 children were seized by the Vermont State Police from this group in Island Pond. Oh, wow. That's yeah. a huge number. So are they still sort of living communally, but around this church? Yeah, exactly right. Yeah. So they moved to this little town and they've bought up property as much as they could. They've, they're all living communally in the church that they're making. Yeah, all of that. Yeah. So in amongst that are 112 children. These children were then released the same day because the raid was deemed to be unconstitutional. Uh, so that it for some reason it had contravened it, their right to uh, gather religiously. And was that fear that the children were at risk on the basis of some of the claims that had been made against the yeah. church? Okay. Yeah, and I will, um, I will get to those a little yeah, bit yeah, later. Yeah, yeah. I feel like there's no need to go through them a lot of times. Yeah. I've just got a little block later on that we'll brace ourselves for and get through. Fab. Yes. Um, so Two months later, so August 1984, uh, the case against Wiseman had been dropped because the main witness in the case went to the police and said, actually, they were under duress from uh, the Citizens' Freedom Group okay. and other anti He said that the anti-cult groups had made them say it. Yeah, see, this is why it's sort of slightly, it's both good to have anti-cult groups, but also in some ways... Yeah. yeah. Oh, it's so tricky, isn't it? Yeah. Um, because the cult uh, church, I can't call them a cult, they're a fringe religious group, because New they... Uh, movement. Exactly. They, um, you've just entered them as an episode in the hit podcast, Coffee and Cults. I think that ship has already well, sailed. Where we say at the beginning, cult. we talk about fringe religious groups. This is one of them. Yes, we do make that very important legal distinction for anybody and their lawyer who are listening right now. Yes. Um, ignore the charismatic leader and the communal living and anyway um, so <laughs> for a minute I was like are you calling yourself charismatic no I see what you mean <laughs> ignore the charismatic delivery and listen yeah. <laughs> you are um, so um, so because because of this communal living because of this shared like money money is all shared amongst the group um, the uh, that Wiseman had been defended by a public defender, um, as is his legal right. Her name is uh, Jean Swanko. So after this, uh, these charges were dropped. Jean Swanko joined the cult and married Wiseman. Ah, oh, t- 
tale as old as time. <laughs> as it can be. <laughs> well, that is either super romantic or super creepy. Both. Yeah. I think it's both. Yeah. Um, and a, another little side note is that uh, Eddie Wiseman's three children all left the group as soon as they possibly could. Oh, goodness. So just pop that in your pocket for the future. Don't worry. His kids. Yeah, there we go. Boop, in your pocket. Uh, they've all left the group by now. I mean, now, now, like 2020 now. Yeah. Um, so by 1989, the other citizens of Island Pond had basically accepted the church. They'd stopped like, oh, I wonder what you were doing then. John just moved his camera down. <laughs> <laughs> you made it sound filthy. I just, I was just trying to frame myself. Very nice. You look lovely. Um, so they, <laughs> the citizens of this town had like accepted them. They'd stopped trying to, you know, they'd ignoring the anti-cult groups now. They were like, cool, they're fine. They're keeping themselves to themselves. Um, and so then the church was able to grow now it established. So uh, people moved. Uh, individual, like elders of this group had uh, moved to Canada, to Australia, Brazil, Spain, Germany, Argentina, and the UK. So by the end of the 90s, they were in all of those places established as churches. Wow, how have I not heard of them before, Sam? They I know! Huge. Yes, I know, I know, that's why. I'm, so listeners, I, I messaged John earlier in the week and was like, I can't believe we haven't heard of these people. It is, oh. yeah. Yeah, it's... Oh, you wait, you wait. I've got some uh, shockers for you later. Great. Um, so this church, uh, you, you, you join, you're attracted to join by these young people saying, hey, come join our call, like commune, blah, blah, blah. Um, but their beliefs are kept quite under wraps. They're not publicly acknowledged. They're like not publicly talked about. You're kind of brought in under the, the guise that it's just going to be like super Christian. And then there's some other stuff that happens. And you'll, have a, you'll be in a nice cafe and everything will be fine. Yeah, you'll have a latte, you'll have a mate, a mate yerba drink, and uh, I'm gonna try ordering that at uh, Costa next time I'm there. And the lady will spit in your cup. <laughs> <laughs> I hope so. I don't like Costa. No, no, neither do I. It's just no. other um, independent other coffee coffee. businesses are available. Uh, yes, and nicer. Anyway, so in the mid-90s, um, this group caught the attention of Bob and Judy Pardon. Um, um? And Very good. And, uh, I'm sorry, I'm such a child. Just, I, I forgot to get a picture in a format that I can show you, John. So just Google Bob and Judy Pardon. Okay, hang on. And then you can just find them. Googling, Googling. So um, Bob and Judy, who John is about to see and who, of whom I will post a picture on the Instagram, uh, founded the New England Institute of Religious Research. Uh, so Bob has all sorts of like... Oh my God, they look the same as the leader. They look really similar, don't they? <laughs> I think oh, they Judy look nice though. they're very smiley. They're very smiley. Um, so Bob has loads of degrees in theology and like uh, um, religious studies. I didn't look those up. But he's a very well-educated man. He does look like, imagine a, a, a white American man with a beard who has several degrees in theology uh, and glasses, and you will probably... Yeah, Harry Potter glasses on him. Um, and you will probably have the right idea. Um, for her, um, 
imagine um, the um, um, ooh, uh, um, an older uh, woman at a Christian youth camp who at some point is going to get a guitar out. Oh yeah, nice. I can see that. Yeah. Um, so Bob and Judy run a what sounds like an absolutely amazing facility. Actually, they run a facility called Meadowhaven, which is in Lakeville, Massachusetts. Oh, um, sounds very idyllic in that combination of words, doesn't it? Um, so Meadowhaven is a long-term transitional facility for former members of destructive cults and fringe religious movements. Oh, wow. So they, it's a it's a kind of a rehab place that you can, if you need to, you go there. Um, it costs three thousand dollars for nine months staying there, okay. which is a an absolute bargain um, for that sort of rehabilitation. I think, don't you? Um, but they uh, do this also episode is sponsored in part by. No, it is not. New um, discount code coffee and. Don't do that. They, no. Um, they offer subsidized places. So if you can't afford it, if you've literally just left a cult and you can't, you don't have anything, um, as long as you're shown to kind of like try, be trying, like trying to work and that sort of stuff, they're happy to house people. Um, their website is meadowhaven.org. Go and have a look at it because it looks. Yeah, they right. sound amazing. Yeah. Uh, so a, a former member of 12 tribes, so a lady who'd left. Um, approached the pardons and told them about a young child being whipped with a long thin rod like those used to hold balloons leaving bruises on the child spare the rod spoil the child and so these were the allegations that were made against wiseman when he had you know when the when all those 100 children were taken away yeah. wow. um but because this case was dropped for having not enough evidence and for being unconstitutional um the pardons were kind of like, okay, like we hear you and we want to help, but it doesn't seem like it's too destructive at the moment. So we can't get involved, but we'll, we'll keep an eye out. Yeah. Again, um, that's tough to sort of know and to see the warning signs and not be able to leap on it. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and so they approached the group, the pardons kind of went to, went to Spriggs and was like, Hey, like we do this. Is it okay if we just like, chat to your members and have a look around and they were like yeah cool so the pardons were able to um uh, they were able to access the communities uh their they researched the leaders the members the ex-members they were also allowed to study the printed material um but not all of the printed material um and what uh pardon said about it was that he uh, he was told that because he was not under the anointed he wasn't allowed to see some of this material so to be under the anointed, meaning to have been baptised under sprigs. Yeah. But I think that was pretty interesting that like they allowed this religious researcher to come in and research. Interesting. Okay. So, John, I hear you wondering. I hear you wondering what those beliefs are. Oh, I wonder what those beliefs are. Well, good. I'll tell you. Um, so... All the information that I've got about their beliefs um, comes from the Pardons research. Also, an ex-member called Sinasta Kalucci, uh, who wrote a book, Better Than a Turkish Prison, What I Learned from Life in a Religious Cult, um, about his seven years with the 12 tribes. Wow. And a lady called Rosemary Carrozado, uh, who is an ex-member. She's got a documentary on Vimeo um, and various other bits and bobs that are 
got from other ex-members, but those ones are the like main ones that I got the bulk of this information. Cool. Um, also, good old Wikipedia helped me as well. Um, so, the um, get ready. <laughs> so the beliefs are based in Christian fundamentalism, in the Hebrew roots movement, in Messianic Judaism, and in the Sacred Name movement. Okay. Um, apart from that they believe believe that all other denominations other than the 12 tribes all of them are fallen Obvs. Obvs. in order for the messiah to return the church needs to be restored to its original form as is laid out in acts and then i've got a couple of verses from acts but they basically say that uh, the church should just be a holy place and everyone should live and behave in a communal way okay so oh, I've written these notes badly. Uh, so they want the so they want the recreation of a new Israel consisting of twelve tribes in twelve geographic regions. Hence the name. So, well, so that, that sounds they, easily enforceable. I'm in this geographic region. You're in that geographic region. That's two. Um, but so that's why they were encouraged to like go around the country, Canada and Brazil and Argentina, like, and the UK, all those fun places. Yeah, to um, okay. yeah, they observe the Sabbath um, and they are uh, like end times prophecy cult as well, but they don't set dates, which kind of stands them oh, apart from other people. Really smart, yeah. that's what you're saying. Really smart. So like, the, it, it, it's the end of days-ish. That's <laughs> what they're going for. Oh, I'll have to um, share with you, Sam, I found in a... Um, uh, a coffee shop like charity bookshelf a the world is ending this is how we know because the bible says the moon will look like this book yes and you bought it yeah 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 of, co of course i bought it <laughs> um they use uh yashua instead of jesus that's no? y-a-h-s-h-u-a yashua yeah because su supposedly his name assuming he did exist uh, at all in the first place would have been something more like yes yeah yeshua bar joseph or something bar joseph yeah great ex hebrew knowledge there john thank you <laughs> um so they prefer to use the hebrew words for things where they can um and each member is given their own hebrew name when they join as well that's meant to reflect their personality oh yeah um <laughs> You look like you were going to say something mean. <laughs> no, no, not at all. I'm like narrowed his eyes. I was like, oh, my face, like, what's the Hebrew for overbearing? I don't know. <laughs> Mum? No, I don't know. I, I'm oh. not no. Mother-in-law. That would have been a better punchline to that and go full Jackie Mason. There we go. Only to that extent, I hope. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so the uh, 12 tribes believe that there are three eternal destinies. Okay, this is kind of, this was difficult to get my head around. After the fall of man, everyone, regardless of faith, will die. At the point of death, every man will be given a conscience. And when they're all brought back in the second coming by Yahshua, uh, 12 tribes believers will reign with Yahshua for a millennium before the last judgment. Oh, yeah, okay. So, yeah? Wait, so we don't have a conscience now? No, no, we get a special, a special conscience. Okay. 
a bonus conscience 2.0 fair one uh yeah so they so everyone dies and then everyone comes back not just believers come back but the believers come back as ki like kings and get to like live it up over the others exactly yeah um and then at the last judgment which is so it's after the 12 tribes have been able to rule for a millennium then there's another judgment which God, is the end of day ruling for a millennium that sounds exhausting I know. Look at how much Boris Johnson has aged in the last week. You, can't, you wouldn't want to be ruling anything for a millennium. <laughs> He's not ruling anything. He is a, a stupid mouthpiece for stupidness. <laughs> and other political views exist. Are available. <laughs> <laughs> but are not mine. No. Um, so after this last judgment, um, the non-believers will be judged according to their deeds. The filthy will be sent to hell. This is their words. Ooh, the filthy will be sent to hell and the righteous will go on to eternity. So the 12 tribes people will be the, they'll be believers. So they'll automatically be like eternity. But what will be different about them is that, uh, this is the first totally chill thing for a cult leader to say. Uh, <laughs> the day will come when each of you has a galaxy to rule over. He has made us to be kings and priests. That's who we are. When people of the nation see us, it will be just like seeing the father. We will bear his name, his character, his image, his authority. Holy heck. What's the point in bringing all of the others back for a millennium if, yeah, just, if they don't stand a chance of upgrading then either? Well, but who will the 12 tribes rule over if, no, if they're the only ones brought back? It's almost like this isn't a great bit of theology. <laughs> almost like this is made up. Oh, God. Get, again, like, even then, ruling a whole galaxy. Does that, wait, does that mean you have to, like, oh, so I suppose then you're ruling over the, um, the aliens and, um, and... Oh, yeah, 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 of course. Um, um, so, uh, here we go. Next bit is about the about the structure of the group. So, like, obviously, as it spread, Gene Spriggs can't be in charge of like all of it. Um, so, there are local councils, regional councils, and then a global. Oh, you're better at words than I am. Apostolic council. Okay. Apostolic, apostolic. Apostolic is right, I think. Yeah. Um, and so. Within the councils, there are deacons and deaconesses, there are teachers, elders, and apostles in these uh, little councils. Um, and for a, a big, shiny, oh my God, I can't believe this isn't a thing, Sprig doesn't think he's Jesus. What? A cult leader who doesn't think they're Jesus. Ah. Uh... <laughs> Why do you frown? Does not compute. Um... <laughs> Oh, bizarre. Does he think he's somebody else? Nope. Nope, he's just a holy guy. He's, a, he's holy, a holy guy. Um, that is unusual. Right. That's, that's good in a way. Well, but I guess if you're, uh, you're planning to meet the second coming of Yahshua in order to rule, you can't already be Yahshua, right? Yes, that's true. But I guess other other cults manage it. So, <laughs> I mean, cults manage it. Other fringe religious groups might do something different. <laughs> well saved, Sam. Well saved. Thank you. 
covering my back. Um, so the, the members live in groups in, you know, all the places around the world that they live in. They live in groups of up to 50 people, um, kind of sharing houses, sharing maybe a couple of houses. Um, but Spriggs has his own private homes. So he's got some fancy schmancy, like half a million dollar mansions that he lives in. And then his members all live in little houses together. Do they do they tithe then? Is that how he's making his money? Yes, yeah, so they, they tithe in. Um, and then I will get to, okay. I think, what else they do? Or maybe I've saved that for the next... Anyway, um, don't worry. I'll cover it. I'll cover it, I promise. Um, so you've, you went to a yellow deli, John. You really liked what the uh, waiter was talking to you about. You decided to go to his church group. Okay. What? No, I was just, I was just picked, I was going to do a bit of role play of it, but that's fine. <laughs> uh, hello, John. I hope you're enjoying your mate latte. Mm. Uh, would you like to mm. come to I this? I need more yerba. <laughs> come to this church. Sure. That was us uh, doing some miming of being a, a waiter. Was or that you? Oh, I thought that was you enticing me towards. <laughs> <laughs> um, so. Ranger things have worked. No, I've got some sad news for you. Uh, so you're in. If you want to date anybody, uh, if you want to date someone of the, if you want to date someone of the same gender, you can't, because it should be a capital offence. Fundamental Christians hate uh, fun. Wait, is is the waiter going to say that to me in the uh, deli? Because then I might not go. Uh, no, he's led you on. Oh no! The worst kind. Classic yeah. kind of trap. He was really handsome. As you could tell by my miming. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so if you would like to date someone of the uh, other gender, uh, you have to ask the elder of your community. Okay. Um, if the elder says yes, then you spend some time together, but supervised time. So you've got to be around members of the community at all times. And the members of the community can like give you input, like you should talk to him about this. You should talk to her about this sort of thing. Why don't you have a conversation about this? Like a crowdsourced date conversation. That doesn't sound like fun. Oh God, yes, exactly that. Um, so if, they're, if, if these people are young, then it's their parents. If they're adults, then it's the whole community. When they've observed them a little bit, spending some time together, um, then these people will confirm their love. So for kids, the parents have to go, yes, they're in love. Let's okay. let them get married. For uh, adults, it's the entire community have to agree on it. Holy heck. Yes. So when the community agree, then you're engaged. You're engaged to each other. Um, and now, now, John, you're allowed to hold hands. Fuck yeah. Yeah. Um, you are allowed to hold hands when you're engaged, not a minute earlier. <laughs> uh, I was going to make an awful joke. I was just going to say, like, only blowjobs before that. but I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, just cold, unromantic fucking before you God, um, it would be really sad if you got to that point during a coronavirus outbreak, wouldn't it? 
oh, finally they've confirmed our love two metres apart. Oh. <laughs> but you'll be used to it by then, surely. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Um, so this was a quote from uh, Wikipedia, that great source of information. Um, but the quote was so good that I just didn't want to rewrite yeah. it. Go for it. Uh, weddings in 12 tribes are, are their community events, of course, um, but they're dramatized pre-enactments of what the group believes will happen at the end of times when Yashua returns to Earth for his bride. <laughs> Amazing. And I have no more information. <gasps> oh, nurse. Oh, uh, Sam, you are an engaged person. When you get yes. married, can your wedding contain a dramatic reenactment of Yeshua coming back to marry his bride? Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. Fab. Good. And um, yeah, you can officiate. Thanks. <laughs> yeah. Um, so you're in the group now. You've uh, you've spoken to a lady for a few months. You the whole community have confirmed that you um, that you're in love with each other. You can now hold hands, um, and then you get married in a in a fun display of uh, dramatization. But as you're going to the church, gradually, over time, a few more of the teachings start getting released to you. Most particularly about race. Oh no, what is it? Oh, cults of the 70s. I know it's also true of cults now, but especially cults in the 70s. Yes. Fucking chill out a bit. Yeah. Um, so they talk a lot about... Uh, a apparently f like famous thing in uh, Bible study circles called the curse of Ham. So apologies, listeners, if you've never heard of that. Have you heard of it, John? Yes. Nodded with recognition. So uh, I've got the quotes. I've got the verses from the Bible from Genesis 9, 20 to 25. Cool. Best Bible voice, please, Sam. <clears throat> Noah, a man of the soil, proceeded to plant a vineyard. When he drank some of its wine, he became drunk and lay uncovered inside his tent. Saucy. Ham, the father of Canaan, saw his father naked and told his two brothers outside. But Shem and Japheth took a garment and laid it across their shoulders. Then they walked in backward and covered their naked father's body. Their faces were turned the other way so they would not see their father naked. When Noah awoke from his wine and found out what his youngest son had done to him, he said, cursed be Canaan, the lowest of slaves will he be to his brothers. So this is the curse of Ham. So Ham saw a naked guy and then the naked guy was embarrassed, so he cursed Ham. Yeah, no, no, yeah, his, his naked father. I suspect this story yeah was made up by a dad who had like a, a wonky penis he was a bit embarrassed about right it was like <laughs> look kids don't ever see me naked otherwise yeah. you'll be damned for all time because look this is what happened to noah yeah exactly um and so because of this uh because of the mention of them being slaves this these particular verses have been opted by uh, white supremacist groups by any group who wants to draw something about about race being in the Bible and have um, said that just people have said this it's not in the Bible that this is true but that Ham and uh, Canaan are black or Jewish people 
which is why this is a thing. Yeah. <sighs> yep, that sigh is appropriate. Um, so other groups like Christian Identity and the KKK have brought that, that verse is, is used by them as a, as a reason to say that a white supremacist is uh, not deplorable. Um, so the 12 tribes use this uh, fucking, uh, to excuse and to perpetuate ideas about slavery. So they really hate Martin Luther King Jr. Uh, a quote from Spriggs is, uh, all manner of evil filled that man. Um, and that slavery was a marvellous opportunity for those people that were taken. Oh, that's so, because you know, that's still such a big white supremacist talking point at the moment now, isn't it? You see them when they're being interviewed these days making that front claim. It's so, so obscene. Yeah. Yeah, that's it. Um, so Colucci, who I mentioned earlier, the person that wrote the book about being in the 12 tribes, um, he, uh, you know, as, as a young man, just joined, just joined this group, kind of traveling around different churches uh, of this, of this organization, obviously, um, met one of the leaders who was a black person. So this, he, he spoke to this black man and said, like, uh, what, what do you think about this bit of, of yeah. the, the teachings? Like, how do you feel about it? And um, the, that particular leader of the group just went, I don't really listen to that bit. I listen to the rest of it. So that sort of that sort of Bible thing when people say they're Christians, it's like, yeah, but you wear mixed fabrics. Which bit do you agree? Like, yeah, 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 yeah absolutely. Where do you draw your line? So he was that, um, and the way that that particular leader of the group chose to look at it was uh, like in like that Mormon sense of it being um, baptized or not baptized, rather than black or white. Okay. Yeah. Um, so Colucci was only told all this after like a year of being with this church. So he's, he's living with them. He's working with them. Yeah. They're all in together. Um, and he found out by someone like really casually saying, uh, black people are cursed and their only hope of righteousness is to submit to the white man. And Colucci was a, is a mixed race person. And he was like, sorry, uh, what did you say? Um, and then kind of because he was being brainwashed by this group was just kind of like, oh, well, everything else that they've said is true. So this must be true. So what can I do? Wow. Um, yeah. So these are the sort of views that are hidden from you when the lovely handsome waiter is enticing you over your mate latte, um, but then gradually become- If like only delis didn't make me so horny. Oh no. <laughs> um, but they gradually become like a really important part of this yeah this um belief system if you can call it that yeah. so as i mentioned earlier um this is going to be the yeah this is going to be the child cruelty bit um none of it is like none of it is sexual thank god um but there is so there is um like abuse and and death so warnings for that now buckle up everyone so in revelations 7 in the bible uh, they talk about the 144,000 people who will be saved, which is what we mentioned last episode, I think. Yeah. About that. Um, and these 144,000 will be perfect male virgins, is what this group want them to be. The best kind of male virgin. Yeah. Perfect ones. What? Just not okay. incels. I don't know what that means. <laughs> no. 
Um, and so 12 tribes think that, you know, they've got to keep having kids because at some point they're going to have 144,000 perfect male children and then that will be when the ascendance happens. Oh, so it won't be them necessarily, but might be the children produced by the group? Yes. Oh, wow, okay. Yeah. Oh, that's weird. Yeah. Okay. It is weird. Um, so, big shocker, uh, the children are homeschooled. Um, and then the group say that in their teens, but uh, other people say as soon as possible, they're then sent to do apprenticeships at the group's businesses. Okay. So in the Yellow Delhi, I've got a bit more information um, a bit later or maybe next episode about what other businesses that they have, but okay. the children are put to work for the group. Um, oh, one of their... Uh, one of their big tenets is that a child has to obey authority or suffer physical discipline. Um, and so at the beginning of the group's inception, this was just the parents. So if, if a child uh, okay, yeah. respectful, the parents got to beat them. But then it shifted. So any adult in the group was allowed to punish any child for any perceived transgression. Um, yeah. So as the person had said to the pardons before, um, they would often use balloon sticks, like literal balloon sticks, you know, the ones you get from McDonald's, the little stick yeah, yeah. with the little... God, I bet they hurt as well, because they're yeah. yeah, thin but hard, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, so they're used, and then uh, sometimes some more severe implements are swapped out, like a cane or etc. Um, this group also do not send their children to college, surprisingly enough. Oh, you're not allowed to go to... to yeah, okay. No. Um, children are also not allowed to play pretend or have toys. And so there was a really amazing thing of um, a, a young woman, so she's 23 now, um, but who'd left the group when she was uh, a child who'd gone away with her father. Um, and she talked about having a jar that she'd wrapped a blanket around to play with, to play as a doll, and then suddenly heard someone coming and so like shoved it under the bed and was sure they were going to find it. So like literally they've got nothing to play with. But that's such an important part of child development. That must like really sort of yeah. damage your development as a child, right? If you're forbidden to do that kind of role play. I mean, it, it, it must do like uh, sociology and yeah, that sort of thing is how do you learn those relationships and yeah. The way they learn them is just by getting them beaten into them. Or being put to work at whatever age, I guess. Being, exactly, yeah. um, independent thought is considered sinful. And children are explicitly taught to lie to people, taught that it's okay to lie to people who don't deserve the truth. Wow. Yeah. So they get to be the decider of that. Um, also, the children aren't vaccinated which must be a big surprise. Um, yeah, um, and they're genuinely, uh, and they're generally anti-medicine at all. Um, okay, yeah, this is, yeah. Um, so starting in about 1998, uh, they were investi investigated because uh, there were a lot of stillbirths and questionable infant deaths. In Missouri, a young mother was in labour for five days before someone took her to the hospital where doctors removed the now dead baby. 
uh, in a different part of Missouri in 1999. Another group member had a stillbirth and Island Pond, Vermont, uh, has an unmarked area of its graveyard for stillbirth children. Um, because of the anti-vax stuff, children have died from uh, whooping cough, hepatitis, and then also from malnutrition and other avoidable diseases. God, heartbreaking. Yeah. A bit more to get through, sorry. Um, so another totally chill thing for a person to say. Is that time for that now? Yep. Uh, so when Spriggs was asked about beating children, about why, why they did that, uh, he said, the blueness of the wound drives away all evil. Unless your son has blue wounds by this standard, it is the spirit that hates your son. If one is overly concerned about his son receiving blue marks, you know that he hates God and hates the word of God. Wow, that is some sociopathic bullshit. Do you want some more sociopathic bullshit, John? <laughs> yeah, got, let's keep going. Yeah, while we're, you know, in for a penny, um, they've got a full two volume manual on how to train children. So I found a website called Question 12 Tribes, um, which is uh, uh, all material that's been sourced by ex-members and by people who want to help people who are still in the group um, and who just want to expose the group for what they do. Um, and so they've got all sorts of uh, teachings and literature that have been kind of taken out of the group um, that would normally be kept private. And so this full two volume child training manual is on the internet in PDF form. You can read it. Uh, I read some of it and it's just, it's horrendous. Um, yeah. Like, yeah. Uh, none of it, none of it is appropriate. Even the stuff that isn't about beating them, yeah. even the stuff that's about teaching them, like none of it is appropriate. Um, oh, here we go. So uh, you remember the person I said about earlier with the jar, the lady yep. with the jar? Um, her name's Tessa. I'm sorry that I didn't remember her name. Um, but her father, Matthew, and her left the group together um, when she was about six or seven years old. Um, he just took her out. He was like, this is no place for my child. Um, so he talked, Matthew Klein talks about um, going out to do a delivery for the one of the group's businesses. Um, and he left uh his he left Tessa uh in the care of another adult. Um and was it Tessa or was it his son? No, it was his son, I beg your pardon. Okay. Um so he left his son in the care of another member of the group. Um and then he when he got back he his son was crying um and he found out by the adult that the uh the son the, the boy hadn't come to the adult when he was called and so received 10 lashes. Uh, and the boy didn't go to the adult six times so each time he didn't go he received 10 lashes so this two-year-old child got 60 lashes for not not going to someone when he was called uh, and Matthew was like no no like when it's when it's your own children that yeah, is something yeah. else um so took his children away Good um Tessa who I said she's now 23 she remembers being sent to work in a candle factory when she was five years old. Um, a little bit of a little bit of joy to uh, round that little bit of child cruelty off. Um, Tessa, <laughs> as a it's weird some of the sentences we end up saying in this podcast, isn't it? Sam? 
Um, Tessa, in her young adulthood, um, became the youngest ever finalist in Australia's Ninja Warrior. Cool little factoid for you. Well done, Tessa. Uh, diving back into the um, bullshit. <clears throat> uh, Spriggs and the group deny that they're anti-Semitic. <laughs> but... Yeah. But then they are of the belief that the Jews are guilty of the blood of Christ. Which is a a thing, isn't it? Used used against Judaism that the Jews killed Jesus. Um, but because these because twelve tribes are Old Testamenty, uh, they celebrate. I don't know how to say it. Pesach, mm -hmm. Pesach, Yom Kippur, Sukkot, which I've not heard of either. Sorry, I'm ignorant. Um, and they also celebrate Bar and Bat Mitzvahs for children coming of age. Yeah. Um, so they they don't like the Jewish faith, but they like the Jewish holidays. I don't know. Something, yeah, yeah. It is, yeah, confusing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, birth control, in case you were wondering, this is just another fact that I've got about. Uh, uh, is uh, Massively pro-birth control, I'm going to guess. Massively. Massively pro birth control if it's only relying on the on the on the uh, womb owner's cycle so no barrier methods no contraception just uh hope you've counted your weeks right um spriggs also thinks that a woman knows when they're ovulating so they know when to not do it oh i've just started ovulating oh ovulating imagine it's like <laughs> that is exactly it how did you know I'm just very empathetic. Um, so the reason that they don't want uh, they don't want uh, people to have birth control is because of this 144,000 children they're trying to produce, not all like from one lady. Um, but they say like, oh well, you know, you've got married. So the quote is, should a couple end up naming their child? Oh no! If that's what their attitude is towards the news of the wife's pregnancy, what is oh no in Hebrew? I'd love to know. Well, you can't argue with that kind of logic. Nope. Um, they should not get married until they're 20 if they don't want children until then. Ah! Uh, that's not, that's not, that's not how it works. It's not like, oh, I don't want kids. I'll wait till I'm 20. What? John's frowning. Mm. 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 Going off this group, Sam, I'm not, I'm not keen. Well, this little bit's not going to help you either. Um, so this is uh, a pause. Okay, so um, we're almost done. We've just had a little chat about how uh, long we've taken. Um, so because this is coming up to an hour now, I'm just going to give you a few more little facts to tide you over until next episode. Um, so you know now the cult... <clears throat> The fringe religious group is still active um, and so there's I've just got some more uh, rules on kind of the way that they live so obviously the internet is super super highly restricted um, and supervised as well so they'll look at histories and they'll look at all that sort of stuff to see where, what you've been looking at and make sure you've not been looking at anything naughty uh, secular music is banned uh, books and other media are strictly no 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 so maybe they won't ever hear this because... Oh yeah, that's a good save for us, great. Yeah, the stupid cult.
No, 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 I was joking. I was joking. John frowned at me. I don't like when John frowns at me. The worst thing this cult has done to its members is deprive them of our salmon. <laughs> um, they also uh, decide how often a man should masturbate. Do you want to know how often that is, John? Oh, tell me that doesn't happen by like group consensus, like in the dating part. <laughs> uh, not as far as I know, um, because remember, homosexuality is uh, a capital offence. So I guess if you wank in the same room as another person, then that you they kill you. I don't know. <laughs> um, okay, so um, uh, so men are allowed to masturbate every other day or every few days. That's so quite often, I think. <laughs> Fine. Right. Surprisingly uh, liberal attitude to masturbation for a Christian cult. But this, movement. <laughs> this should be just a mechanical release and not something fun. So you can wank every other day, but do not enjoy it. Isn't that counterproductive? <laughs> surely, you're not, surely you're not going to complete if you're not enjoying it. So. Oh, I hate this so much. <laughs> Maybe that's what does it for some people. <laughs> uh, so they all dress alike um so they if you see a group of 12 tribes people they look fairly like amish uh long hair for everybody no one cuts the hair men have got beards for the most part um long center parted hair i'm just showing you my long center parted hair and i've got a tunic on as well i'm dressed quite culty today actually aren't i done some quite 70s cult um so uh yeah uh men wear uh, trousers and uh, button down shirts women wear long skirts dresses everything's covered ankle to <laughs> ankle to neck is do you, do you know what your ankle is <laughs> no oh, it's because my face looks like a foot that's why hey Aww. only um, people watching the video on patreon will know if that's true or not yeah my anyway um the last little fact before we round off this episode is they uh, uh so you remember when we were looking at heaven's gate and talking about like all their fun rules that they have for things yeah i don't remember a rule about this but it, there might have been one uh but there are instructions on how to wipe your bum hole after you have a poop no i don't think uh t and doe got that far down huh? the uh, restriction list so if in this uh, COVID-19 time of toilet paper rationing, you need some help, uh, this, this group might have some in, uh, instruction for you. <clears throat> you won't, you won't. Please don't do this because it's awful. Uh, take three to four squares of toilet paper, fold it to the size of one, and then wipe and fold and wipe and fold and wipe and fold until you have a little square of poopy paper and you flush it and wash your hands. Well, you'd need to wash your hands, wouldn't you, at that point? You'd hope so. They don't actually explicitly say wash your hands. That was, a, that was an editor's add-in. Mm -hmm. I was just really hoping that little poopy square that they wouldn't... What bit of the it. Bible gives that kind of uh, intense uh, instruction? That's what I'd like to know. I would like to know that too. God. So there we go. So John, that is your introduction to the twelve tribes. <laughs> that's how we're ending this first episode. <laughs> yes, that is how we're ending this first episode. With, with a play along at home uh, instruction for the audience if they want play to feel like they're in this group. Wow! Please don't play along at home. Don't do that. Use wow. what toilet paper you need to use, or a B day, listeners. <laughs> you know that. <laughs>
Um, goodness, Sam, what yeah. what a fascinating group. Right. Yeah. Um, I hope you've enjoyed it. So next time I'm going to be talking to you about um, their businesses and kind of how the group keep functioning mm-hmm. um, and a bit more about some more crimes. Awesome. Yeah. Very good. Um, thank you, Sam. Very well told. What a find. Really yeah, cool. Right. Really cool. And it seems so big. It seems too big for us to not, have not heard of. Because yeah. we spend a lot of time, listeners, I'm sure you do too, spend a lot of time looking on lists of 16 cults you've never heard of or these creepy cults will blow your mind. And uh, I've never seen these before. No, no. no. Um, especially for one that's so well documented as well. Yeah. Yeah. Ooh, fab. Well, um, I look forward to hearing more next time. Yes. Uh, if you are, as this group are still going, if you are somehow, if you somehow got your hands on a podcast and you've listened all the way to this point, um, please, uh, if you want to get out, there are people that can help you. Um, Meadow Haven's phone number in the US is 508-947-9571 and they accept collect calls. And in the UK, there's a, a charity called Encourage um, and you can phone them on 01433 or look on both of their websites if you have access to that. Or if you have anyone, if you know anyone that's involved in this group and you want to help them, they are some companies that will do that. Great. Cool. Thank you, Sam. Thanks, John. Um, And thank you, listeners, for listening. Um, If you like what we do, please give us a review on iTunes or Stitcher or wherever you uh, find podcasts. If you'd like to get in touch with us, you can email us at coffeeandcults at gmail.com or you can message us on Facebook, Instagram or the Twitters. Uh, If you would like to sponsor us, uh, please, no obligation for that. Um, You can do that at patreon.com slash coffeeandcults where you will also be able to see our video recordings. So you'll be all of our fun minds will be in context and... um, there's some little bits that end up on the Patreon that we edit out of these episodes that we release to you, listenery listeners. So if you want to see that, then you can. And you'll have, uh, you'll have seen on the channel, uh, we've been releasing some, some archive bits of uh, Patreon. We've got two sort of uh, series that we're starting to build up on that uh, channel, one of which is uh, the Kittens Book Club, uh, looking at the work of... Um, uh, oh, what did we call Hubbard in our clever code word? Uh, Captain Mittens, uh, <laughs> his writings. Well covered, John. Uh, and uh, also Sounds of the Sexties, in which we review the music of various cult groups. Uh, so if you, if that's like favorite a good time, uh, do uh, check out uh, that as well. Yes. Fab. Um, that said, look after yourselves, listeners, uh, and yes. we'll speak to you very soon. We love you. Love you. Bye. Bye. We're going to talk to you. You are the initiate. You are the cosmic being. We found out that I was actually getting.